what's up people it is monday march 28th my name is b hill and this is just my opinion podcast so let's talk um i guess i need to go ahead and talk about the oscars last night let's start there um first of all shout out to quest love who won an oscar last night so very happy for him uh the roots nice group uh not a huge fan of the roots music but a lot of respect for quest love and what he does um so kudos to him for winning uh, kudos to will smith for winning but everybody's talking about will smith slapping chris rock last night uh and i'll just give my opinion on it uh and my opinion has somewhat changed since i saw it last night um my thoughts are when it, when I initially saw it because I wasn't watching the Oscars I don't watch the Oscars uh, I was just scrolling Facebook and just saw a lot of comments saying I can't believe what just happened why did Will do that so YouTube did five minutes later it was already up but Chris Rock's joke about G.I. Jane which basically was because of Jada Pinkett's uh, being bald and I'm not sure if Chris Rock knew about Jada's alopecia issue I didn't know until I read it last night um, and I would think Chris Rock after seeing you know the stuff that he's done uh, I wouldn't think he would disrespect her purposefully if he knew that uh, I could be wrong but in my opinion I don't know if he really knew about that and initially will laughed it off but you can immediately see jada's face she was very uh hurt by that joke and uh i'm pretty sure again just my opinion that chris was not poking fun at her alopecia uh, i'm just i just don't think that's like him that that's out of his character again that's just my opinion but initially my thought was say you can say what you want to say, but uh, you can't determine how somebody's going to receive it. Um, you know, a lot of comedians try to hide behind it was just a joke. But uh, if my loved one, let's say, had my wife had cancer and somebody's joking to her face about her having cancer, I would have to defend her. Uh, that's just me. I can't stand by and let somebody disrespect my girlfriend, mother, sister, uh, wife, whatever the case may be, to their face like that. I just, I couldn't do it. Um, I'm not defending what Will did at all, but what I'm, the first thing I'm saying is that comedians, you can make a joke, but you can't. You have freedom of speech. Uh, you can say whatever you want but there may be consequences. I can't get on the conference call at work and cuss everybody out and not think there are gonna be repercussions for that. So again, I can say whatever I wanna say, but there may be repercussions of that. Now, with that said, Will's reaction um, was over the top and it it wasn't necessary. I can understand wanting to defend your wife, uh, but, it seemed like it was way more 
to it than just what Chris Rock said. It, it almost seemed like a bunch of pent-up aggression or something. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure. It was just a very weird moment uh, that shouldn't have happened. And I commend Chris Rock for how he handled it. Uh, he chose not to press charges, but he kept the show moving. Uh, so I commend him for kind of shaking it off in the moment because it was just such an unexpected moment. Some people said it was scripted, but I, I, and then after the slap when Will sat back down and he screamed, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth, uh, definitely knew it wasn't a joke. But I think Will handled it very poorly on the night that was somewhat about him because he ended up winning an Oscar uh, for Best Actor in King Richard. And, you know, reading comments, people saying they shouldn't have given him the Oscar. I mean, those votes had already been cast, so he was going to win regardless. But if they take it away now, that's another thing. But there's no way they were just in the moment going to say don't give it to him because that was something that was already predetermined. But um, Will should have some consequences, honestly, because that's not setting a good example of how to handle yourself. Um, and I understand where he's coming from to an extent because for the past several years, uh, they have been ridiculed as a couple. And some of that is with their own doing by putting their business out there. And it seems like there are certain jokes they could take, the entanglement jokes, stuff like that they could take. But when it comes to something personal like that, I I can understand the anger. I don't condone what Will did at all. I think he was wrong. But I can understand the pent up anger after everything that you've listened to, you've dealt with over the years. But on the other hand, you put yourself in a position where you openly talk about your marriage. Well, let me take that back. It'll be different if the jokes were about their marriage and not something that she's dealing with medically. I think that's a huge difference because if I'm not mistaken, Regina Hall may have made a comment uh, poking fun at them. But it seems like the jokes about their marriage they kind of shrug off but when it becomes personal over a medical condition I think that is a different story and I think that may have been what set them off Uh, again look at Jada's face and look at his face and I think he saw the hurt on Jada's face and that's what triggered him and he felt like he needed to defend her but walking up on stage in the middle of this broadcast was not the way to do it that could have been handled after uh, and not in that moment. So I think Will was at fault. Um, and again, I don't think Chris Rock knew about her alopecia diagnosis and what she's been dealing with with losing her hair. Uh, I just can't see him intentionally making fun of her for that. I just don't see that. But again, that's just my opinion. So uh, that's my opinion on the Oscar situation and the Will Chris Rock issue. And I'm sure there'll be there are a lot of other opinions about it. But that's just my take. Uh, Moving on to the Supreme Court and what's been going on there. Uh, I'm going to start with Clarence Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas, and her role in what happened on January 6th. 
Um, she chartered buses for people to attend that so-called rally. And now text messages have been given to the January 6th committee that further shows her role in what happened on that day, uh, where she's in direct communication with Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff for Donald Trump, and encouraging him to keep fighting to overturn the election uh, and just other things about overthrowing the election. She was uh, very instrumental in that rhetoric. Uh, for her to be the wife of a Supreme Court justice, a sitting Supreme Court justice, there has to be some type of conflict of interest. And the interesting part about it is, uh, as the January 6th committee was trying to get different documentation uh, and text messages and things like that released or given to them, Clarence Thomas was the only one that uh, dissented and voted against having text messages released. And now we know why. And it calls for looking at a lot of his other previous votes too and seeing what his wife was involved in. Because I did hear about something else his wife was involved in uh, where he voted against as well. I don't remember the specifics of that case, but now it calls into question all of his votes, especially things dealing uh, with something his wife may have been involved in. Uh, I think he should be impeached and removed from the bench because he's definitely compromised and to think otherwise is ridiculous. Uh, and on that same note with the Supreme Court, uh, I try to avoid the confirmation here is for um, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson or Katanji Jackson Brown, I'm not sure how the last name goes, but um, I try to minimize watching that because I already knew how it was going to go. Democrats were going to praise her, Republicans were going to try to tear her apart. Now, the hypocrisy of it is this same judicial committee has voted for her three different times. They confirmed her three different times for three different levels of um, the bench. And now all of a sudden they have issues with her credentials. Um, I know I mentioned it on the last podcast about Tucker Carlson wanting to know what her LSAT scores were, which was ridiculous. But it was as I figured it would be. I saw clips of Josh Hawley, uh, Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, just basically acting a fool and asking ridiculous questions. When I look at the the questions they asked her compared to what they asked Amy Comey Baird, who is, her credentials aren't even close to Katanji Brown's credentials. Um, Ted Cruz asked Amy Coney Baird if she plays any instruments. What kind of uh, music does she listen to? That kind of stuff. And with uh, Katanji Brown, it was, it seemed like they was harping on her record of sentencing pedophiles for some reason. And as she explained on multiple occasions, they tried to go through individual cases. Why did you give this person 
you know, X amount of time in prison and not this other person. And they seemed to harp on that a lot. But as she explained eloquently was that she used the sentencing guidelines stipulated by Congress. And if they Congress doesn't like the guidelines, they need to change it. So she was within the guidelines she was given to work with. And up to me, I explained that in less than a minute. But they seem to have issues understanding that, which is stupid. But again, it went exactly how I thought it would. Uh, they embarrassed themselves. And uh, Ted Cruz, after his little hissy fit, went on Twitter. And this is on tape. He went on Twitter to see if his name was trending after his little exchange as if he had really done something. And the interesting part is watching after the um, Oscars as it did last night and how Will Smith defended his wife, the memes that came out about Ted Cruz would never do that when Donald Trump called his wife a pig. But that just shows you how spineless he is and how self-centered these particular people are. And one of the Republican senators, I think it was Ben Sass, made a very uh, interesting comment, and he was talking about how some people like to basically grandstand when they know there are cameras in the room, and they're trying to get Twitter mentions and things like that, and that's not what the court should be about. That's not what they should be doing. But uh, And he was sitting right next to Ted Cruz when he made those comments. So I found that interesting as well. Uh, and then every podcast recently, I talk about Republican hypocrisy. And the reason I do that is because every week uh, they do something else to continue to show their hypocrisy. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Congress met with President Zelensky uh, of Ukraine through a teleconference. And they gave him a standing ovation and uh, Kevin McCarthy came out to the cameras afterwards and said that uh, the Biden administration needed to supply more aid to Ukraine and they weren't doing enough to help Ukraine. But the week before, Republicans voted against a bill proposed by Democrats to give more aid to Ukraine. And this is the hypocrisy that just kills me that their constituents don't look at. You know, it's easy to come out and say we need to support them and Democrats aren't doing enough to support them, but yet you voted against this stuff. And there was also a video of Madison Cawthorn. I can't stand that dude either. He was uh, at some type of fundraiser or something. And I can't think of what it was benefiting, but some why he was having his little uh, press conference and picture taking photo op. Somebody there asked him, did you vote against this funding? And he was forced to say he did, but he was there um, basically trying to take recognition for something he voted against. And he was called out on it. And I think more media outlets and more people need to do that because there are certain media outlets will just allow people to come on and lie 
Um, and speaking of lying, in a Trump rally over the weekend, he made a comment about uh, Judge Jackson saying that he specifically said that she voted against him every single time and then said, well, I don't know if that's true, but it just seems like something she would do. And his base just cheered for that nonsense. I mean, I just, I don't, I'll never understand that mentality. And, you know, people saying that, why don't y'all, if you support Biden, why don't you have his paraphernalia? You don't have any shirts or any decals, logos on your car. Because we don't worship people. I'll hold them accountable like I do anybody else. I just want somebody there who's going to look out for us. And then the party who keeps talking about personal freedom and they're against council culture. This is more hypocrisy. They're the main ones trying to get books banned. If you want freedoms because you don't want to wear a mask, but now you don't want people to read books or you don't want people to learn black history or just, it's not even black history, it's just history. You're trying to, and they're passing laws for this stuff. They're passing laws not to learn history. They're passing bills about abortion. But what about a woman's freedom to choose? The party that keeps claiming their gifts that their freedoms are being taken away are taking away everybody else's freedoms. It just doesn't make sense. You know, they discriminate against uh, people who want to have abortions. They're making laws against uh, the LGBT community, against trans community. Uh, and also, there was an abortion bill passed in Idaho recently where it states that the family of the father of the aborted fetus can sue for up to $20,000 per person. So if the father uh, of a fetus that was aborted, um, his family, if he has 10 siblings, all of his siblings can sue for up to $20,000 each. Uh, His parents can sue for up to $20,000 each. If, um, you know, his, the fetus that he helped produce is aborted. And what I don't understand is why men keep making these laws against women's bodies, but do not make any laws against men. Why not make laws about men having vasectomies if they rape or molest somebody? But it's always bills and laws against women that men are making. It just didn't. I will never understand it. How a man can make reproductive rights uh, bills for women and they will never have to make those decisions. Um, and then last week uh, in Louisiana a white student is seen on video He threw, I guess they were at lunch he threw a handful of cotton at this black student and then started hitting the student on his back with a belt. 
as if he was whipping him as he was a slave. The black student got up and pushed the white student. And, of course, the black student was suspended from school. And the white student went back to class. And once the video got out and it went viral and it started making all the rounds on news outlets, the uh, school finally stepped up, the police uh, arrested the white student and charged him with uh, a hate crime and arrested him for battery. And it shouldn't take that video outrage for something to be done. Um, You know, I just... This is why I would never understand people that keep saying that racism doesn't exist. Herschel Walker, in his speech uh, the other day, he's running for Congress or whatever he's running for, but he said he doesn't understand what CTR is and why people need to learn CTR uh, because there's no black and white. And fool, it is black and white. And to act like it isn't, that's the problem. I hate when people say they don't see color because you should. You just shouldn't judge somebody based on it. It's okay to have differences and learn about those differences, but not judge somebody based on that and that alone. But too many people act like racism is, doesn't exist. And, you know, people keep talking about the United States is the best uh, country in the world. Based on what? Because we're not first in education. We're not first in inf- infrastructure. We're not first in technology. I think we're first in incarceration. So it's like, what are you basing that on? To say this is the greatest country in the world. Not first in healthcare. So, I'm not sure what they're basing it on. And to the... You know, it's the previous four years, the F your feelings crowd and suck it up buttercup crowd, they don't have the same energy right now. He's your president, move on. They don't have the same energy and you still have Mike Lindell a year and a half later still talking about overturning the election and all this proof he has. And it's been a year and a half. Nothing. The other dude out here having holding rallies for what? Just to get money. Just to get these people money. And a family friend who's a supporter of that dude uh, turned off his automatic draft, his automatic donation every month, and got an email saying, What are you not Republican anymore? just because he doesn't want to continue to give this dude money every month. It, it, it's a scam, and I don't have sympathy for these people because they're choosing to do this and support this lunacy. So, you know what the hell what you can get what you deserve. And uh, an email came out from a guy named Wayne Hankratz. He works for American Franchise Capital, 
which is uh, the company that owns Applebee's and other uh, fast food outlets or restaurant uh, outlets. And the reason his email got a lot of publicity was he was talking about how inflation and what's going on now is a good thing for the business because a lot of their employees, and these are his words, a lot of their employees live paycheck to paycheck and uh, that means with the inflation and the prices of gas and groceries and everything going up, that means they will have less disposable income. So in order to maintain their living style they currently have, they'll need to work more hours. Therefore, they can pay them less. And basically, you can hire somebody at $11 an hour and basically work them to death. You don't have to buy because they'll need the money to maintain their lifestyle now because of inflation. You don't have to pay them $15 to where they may be able to still have a little cushion. And I'm just kind of throwing random numbers out there to make the point, but that's kind of what his thought process is. He likes the inflation uh, because it will force people to work more um, at lower wages so they can maintain um, their living standards that they have now. And he's getting drugged for that too, as he should. And that's how capitalism works. Um, this further lets you know, I mean, and he's not the only person that thinks like this. Most of these companies think like this too, or in some form. Because it's not about the people, it's about the profits for the shareholders and the higher-ups. I mean, I work for a Fortune 100 company. Uh, matter of fact, I was just talking to my boss the other day about our stock prices. And I'm 10 years in, and I've seen our stock prices go from a little over $200 to over $500 a share and that's significant but I just went through my review process annual review and although my raise was higher than I got last year my bonus was higher than I got last year it's nowhere near what I'm working what I deserve so that's why I'm filling out other options at this point uh, and it's not something I'll continue to talk about it's just a matter of putting action behind it, but I understand how corporations and I've seen it firsthand where they don't really care about their employees, they care about the bottom line. And the thing is, if you take care of your employees, they're so much more willing to go the extra mile for you if you take care of them instead of saying we're going to hoard everything and give you minimal and try to work you until you crack. Now, of course, profits are important to keep a, a company running, but when is enough enough? You know, that's just my opinion on that. And then I saw an article about uh, Denver Police Station, uh, and instead of giving the money to the police departments, they started a program. It's called STAR. And it's support team assistive response. And basically they go out to cause, uh, they send mental health professionals out to cause where police don't have to go if it's not like high risk or anything like that. And this program has been so successful that they're starting to expand it. Uh, 
and this is what basically the defund the police effort was about but I just don't like the defund the police branding because other people will take it and make it something that's not I think they need to rebrand it and use this as a model and example of what the true meaning behind defund the police is basically what it is that means is to reallocate those funds outside of the police department directly to resources that can help the police department or um, in lieu of police send those professionals out who have experience in certain types of um, medical needs such as mental health so this is a seems to be a good program again they're expanding they've been able to save the city money um, in a few ways I would assume there are less lawsuits um, you have if you have mental health professionals responding to those types of calls that can allocate the actual police to do police work because they're not mental health professionals um, so to me it's a win-win but the branding of defund the police is what sucks you know democrats always had a branding problem so uh, my verbal middle finger there are actually two of them for this week uh, the first one goes to the four uh, black teens who carjacked a lady uh, in New Orleans and I guess she was holding on to the car, drug her for three or four blocks. Her arm ended up being severed from her body and she passed away. She was 73 years old. These four teens who carjacked a 73-year-old lady, you get the rubber middle finger. They've been arrested, thank goodness, and I hope they spend the rest of their life in prison. And they were all under the age of 18, if I'm not mistaken. But that's just ridiculous. You get what you deserve. And secondly, the second verbal middle finger goes to Tamil Esco of New York. Um, and he gets the verbal middle finger for attacking a 67-year-old Asian woman, yelling racial slurs, and punching her 125 times for no reason, other than she's Asian. And fortunately, he was arrested and had been charged with attempted murder. So I hope they put him under the jail as well. You deserve it, you asshole. Um, And finally, the quote for the week is, we live in a time where intelligent people are being silenced so that stupid people won't be offended. And this is something I've been seeing every day for the past five years. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. God bless. Peace.